Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, the federal government invokes the Emergencies Act. The scope of these measures will be time-limited, geographically targeted, as well as reasonable and proportionate to the threats they are meant to address. The Emergencies Act will be used to strengthen and support law enforcement agencies at all levels across the country. The government goes after financial support for illegal activity connected with the protest and takes aim at the finances of the blockade participants. If your truck is being used in these illegal blockades, your corporate accounts will be frozen. The insurance on your vehicle will be suspended. Send your semi-trailers home. And the Conservatives accuse Justin Trudeau of dividing Canadians. Conservatives want to see uh, an end to the blockades. We want to see them ended peacefully and quickly uh, and in a way that Canadians feel that they've been listened to, heard and respected by their Prime Minister. We are concerned that the actions of the Prime Minister will not have that effect and in fact will have the opposite effect. It's Tuesday, February 15th. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories this morning. I'm joined by Susan Delacorte, columnist for the Toronto Star. Good morning, Susan. Good morning, Mark. So for the first time since it was renamed, we, the federal government has invoked the Emergencies Act. Um, let's let's talk about that decision. There are, and then later we can talk about what it means. But there are people who are saying that that this situation, as serious as it is, has not met the threshold required to invoke the Emergencies Act. So what what have you been hearing about the debate over whether this is the right step? Well, I think there's, there, you know, there's an argument being made that, um, that it wasn't the law that is the problem. It is that no one is enforcing it right now, that, you know, you and I and everybody are what, what we're seeing is illegal already. And we didn't need new laws to um, just make the police enforce it. That's been... It's a resourcing problem, not a legal problem. That being said, um, you saw yesterday that, and I think we're going to learn more about this in in the days ahead, uh, maybe a lot today. Um, You're going to see that what exactly they have in mind by way of, of ending this protest. There weren't a whole lot of details when the Prime Minister announced it yesterday, but but we're hearing that it's going to be targeted at, at certain geographic areas, Ottawa being one of them, border points, that it's not going to be soldiers in the streets. It's um, And a lot of what's going to happen is invisible, too. The, the Christopher Freeland rolled out all these measures to get at the bank accounts and the financing of this protest, which I don't think we should call a protest anymore, uh, this occupation. And and uh, and end it that way. So I think for those of us who live in Ottawa, this feels like it it was necessary, and that a, a debate, a legal debate, is probably not what we want right now. We want the the occupation ended. But there are civil libertarians who we take quite seriously who are who are questioning whether this was necessary. Yeah, and let's remember that uh, that the last time such measures were invoked under a different name, the War Measures Act in 1970, uh, the debate persisted for decades afterwards about whether 
Pierre Trudeau was was right to invoke that, and um, and and it became one of the the defining moments of of his career. So is is the same true for Justin Trudeau? Do you think? Um, I don't think he, he everybody was waiting for him to say something like "Just watch me." Yesterday, he didn't oblige. Uh, it was a very procedural, uh, dry, bureaucratic almost announcement when he did it. There was no drama, no flair of, of his father. And the Emergencies Act is not like the War Measures Act. The, the, the big difference between them is that um, the Emergencies Act doesn't take away charter rights and, and is a little more um, of a fine tool rather than a sledgehammer. Mm-hmm. One of the interesting dynamics is that the Prime Minister did speak to Canada's premiers uh, on Monday morning before invoking it. Uh, Ontario Premier Doug Ford says he supports the federal government's decision, um, but other premiers don't, uh, which is interesting. So there isn't consensus Mm -hmm. on this among Canada's political leaders. No, that was interesting yesterday, too. uh, I I wrote about this yesterday and was joking that it, it really is a Canadian invention, the, the opting out parts of the Constitution. Mm. Canada invented that. And uh, it was it was so interesting yesterday to watch Jason Kenney and uh, Scott Moe saying they're going to opt out of the National Emergency Act. They can't really opt out of it. It is national legislation. But you saw that Trudeau was, was going to some lengths to, on on Monday to, to say that this would be very geographically targeted too. I think we're going to learn more about that today, that that it, it's not going to go in and trample over provinces that don't want it. And this again is where he's unlike his father. What I wrote it, it, today, by the way, is flag day. Yeah. Uh, it is 26 years since John Chrétien grabbed a protester by the throat mm-hmm. and threw him to the ground. Bill Clinton. And, uh, is that exactly right? Yeah, and uh, I was there hmm. uh, watching that. So I, I think rather than compare Justin Trudeau to maybe his father, I think people are kind of hoping he would channel a bit of that John Chrétien, the Schwinnigan handshake, and and wrestle some protesters to the ground, not literally, but but maybe figuratively. Yeah. So how do you see this playing out, Susan? What are, are the financial measures more likely to be the ones that get get invoked here? Uh, as And is it going to be something like that? Or are we going to see protesters or their vehicles physically being removed from the spaces they occupy? I think a little bit of both. I think... The real worry, and my colleague uh, Althea Raj has written about this today, the real worry is what happens if this doesn't work. We've had a state of emergency in, in Ottawa. We have one in Ontario. Now we have a national one. Third time better be the charm, because we right now it, it does not look like an emergency in downtown Ottawa. We may see more police officers. This weird deal that was reached 
with the protesters has actually meant that more trucks were parked on Wellington Street yesterday. Yeah, this was away from neighborhoods. This was the deal that yeah. the mayor of Ottawa struck with the, with one of the leaders of the 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 convoy. Although it wasn't clear that she represented everybody in the convoy, uh, but that. The trucks would come off residential streets and and be largely confined to the area in front of Parliament Hill. Uh, so now, are they permanent? Yeah. Um, so, I think that's what I'm going to be looking for in the days ahead. Is what is going on with this protest in front of Parliament Hill, which has already lasted way too long, and how physically are they going to get them out of there? But as mentioned, <clears throat> I think the financial measures that Krista Freeland rolled out yesterday, that which has got cooperation of banks and um, tracking and freezing the assets of, uh, of these protesters or occupationists, um, I think that's certainly going to pick off some, you wouldn't right. think. Yeah. So uh, what about the politics of all of this? What, what do you think the political implications are of what's been happening over the last couple of weeks? I've read uh, stories saying that this, this could seriously harm the government's standing in the eyes of Canadians. Um, I think at the same time, there are, there are conservatives who have, are probably uh, paying a price for their uh, reluctance to, uh, to distance themselves from the, from the convoy, and, and even in some cases for their, their actions to, to position themselves in alignment with the convoy. So what do you see as the political fallout from this? I think you've touched on some key points there. I don't think anybody's going to come out of this better, uh, hmm. including the uh, Pierre Polyevs and uh, and others who have associated with it. We, we're seeing polls showing that Canadians, to a large degree, do not like this. They're not uh, supportive of something like this. It's a very un-Canadian thing, and especially the more we learn about how much of it is being financed and encouraged from the United States. Uh, yesterday, Donald Trump Jr. was tweeting out um, a rant against uh, against Trudeau for the emergency legislation. Uh, not many Canadians want to see their politicians sidling up on, you know, lining up on the Trump side of the ledger or, or getting caught up in that. So I don't know uh, long-term what this will do to Trudeau. There was a moment yesterday where he was talking about how he was exhausted. We're all exhausted, he said. And he looked at it, you know, it's he, this guy never has normal crises. He first he had Donald Trump, then he had uh, a pandemic, and now he has something. I've been joking that that this freedom convoy actually looks like what would happen if Donald Trump and Trumpism and COVID um, had a child. Right. It looks like it, it's this weird mix of both of them. So. Uh, this may be, I think Trudeau is going to be remembered for this, as he's been re- been remembered for the other crises. But I don't know that uh, that it's the signature event that mm. uh, the War Measures Act, Act was for his father. Just quickly, Susan, there are people who are saying, though, that this could have been avoided, uh, that that uh, the roots of this are, are uh, arose in the... 
in the election campaign of last year when uh, when the prime minister chose to make uh, mandatory vaccines a campaign issue. Um, does he have some responsibility in this? I, I do think that politicizing the pandemic was not a good idea for the prime minister. It wasn't a good idea for the conservatives who also uh, did a bit of that too. Uh, I, I think, yes, there was a tone change in the election and, and Trudeau's own MPs, Joel Lightbound uh, and others, uh, many of them don't want to be named, are, are, are grumbling that the tone changed around the election and that was unfortunate. Yeah. But I, um, but I don't know that anybody could have forecast what is happening right now in our country. Mm. I think this, but I think there are elements to this that we are not seeing and not understanding or appreciating. And I think that's the kind of thing you're going to see coming out in the days and months ahead is that there's something, uh, darkly disruptive going on in these protests as well, too. Something that isn't interested in making a point or arguing with the government. This is something that wants to prove that government doesn't work. And that's what I think we've got to be careful about. All right. We'll see what happens in the days and in the months ahead. Susan, thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Mark. That's Susan Delacorte, columnist for the Toronto Star. Federal government invoked the Emergencies Act to supplement provincial and territorial capacity to address the blockades and occupations. Now here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. In the National Post, Greg Taylor argues Justin Trudeau declaring a national emergency should have been a non-starter. Taylor writes, those who demanded or advised that Trudeau declare a national emergency do not appear to have read the Emergencies Act. It isn't about taking over provincial and municipal responsibilities for public order. It's far broader than that, involving threats to the security of Canada that include espionage or sabotage or the overthrow by violence of the constitutionally established system of government. If that's what we think is happening, then the Prime Minister might declare a national emergency. But thus far, a compelling case that these protests are threats to the security of Canada hasn't been made. In an editorial, the Toronto Star argues invoking the Emergencies Act is a shocking admission of failure. The Star writes, The situation should already have been resolved by good intelligence, smart planning, and effective coordination among police forces. But in Ottawa in particular, we've seen none of that over the past two and a half weeks. Simply invoking emergency powers is clearly no solution on its own. It all depends how those powers are used and how effectively police bring them to bear. Perhaps the hope is that this dramatic move will stiffen the spine of police and finally make them enforce the law. The Trudeau government should certainly hope so because it now truly owns this crisis. In the Ottawa Citizen, Arthur Milnes writes that with the Emergencies Act, another Prime Minister Trudeau faces history's test. Milnes writes, Every biographer of his in the decades to come will contrast and compare Justin Trudeau's use of the Emergencies Act with the imposition of the War Measures Act in 1970 by his father. Whether one agrees with his decision or not, there can be no argument that Trudeau chose the nation's interest over his own. In taking Canada along this potentially dangerous road, he has shown his historical mettle. 
While his last name has been a benefit in many ways until now, that ends with the decision he took to resort to this extraordinary measure. And Trudeau knew full well when he crossed his own historical Rubicon. Now here's what's coming up on today's political agenda. The Prime Minister will chair the Cabinet meeting before speaking with the President of the European Commission. He will also attend Question Period. Deputy Prime Minister Christia Freeland will attend the Cabinet meeting and Question Period. Defence Minister Anita Anand will travel to Brussels to represent Canada at the NATO Defence Minister's meeting. And Immigration Minister Sean Fraser will attend a virtual citizenship ceremony to commemorate National Flag Day and mark Black History Month. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Tuesday, February the 15th. Tune in to Primetime Politics tonight on CPAC for coverage of all the day's events. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.